Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. And I hope you've been able to listen to the shows this week. We talked a lot. We finished up with the top sex and relationship killers and identified that the number one killer is selfishness. And I gave you some really good quotes that I really enjoyed. And so we're gonna, we started yesterday, and we're going to keep going today, about relationship problems and seven ways to save that relationship, seven things that we can do that help. And so the first one, we really talked about this idea of communication and, and that, that God gave us this great edict. He said, and this is in, in James chapter 1, verse 19, he says, My beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And you, you, you know, I know, many times we get it the other way. We're swift to speak, then we get mad, and we don't even know how to hear anymore what they're saying. So we get it completely turned upside down. So let's really think about that idea of being swift to hear. So what happens if we're quick to speak instead of quick to hear? Well, Proverbs 18, verse 13 says, He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. I mean, that's quite a powerful verse. Again, that's Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13. It says, he who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. And I'm sure you can relate to that. I can relate to that. It's always convicting when I'm writing these shows because I have to do so much of my own self-introspection, right? So I have to remember because I do think very quickly and I can speak very quickly and I can talk really well off the top of my head. And I have had to really practice this pacing and relaxing, not talking on top of people, interjecting, right? Because I already think I know what they're going to say before they've ever said it or I finish a sentence for them. So I really work on pacing. And one of the things I said yesterday that really helps me, is I learned that if I just breathe in, I can't talk. It's a great way to just take a minute to to stop. I just take in a deep breath, and that helps me pace myself. And it helps me make sure that I really heard what the person said. Another great way to make sure I heard what the person said before I react to it is I simply say back what I heard. I say to them, did I hear you correctly? This is what I heard you say. Is that what you mean? And that has helped alleviate and avert so many miscommunications and arguments that took a long time to untangle. If I just take in a breath, pace myself, and then repeat back what I heard the person say. Now, I'm not always great at doing it. That's a, it's a discipline. But it has truly paid off very, very well. And if you 
even if that's the only thing you practice when you are working on the communication part of relationship, you'll be amazed at how much it helps. And that I pacing idea, when I said, you know, yesterday, the only thing we can't hesitate, we can't wait, we can't put off, is if there's blood, broken bones, or somebody's not breathing. Those things, we can't wait. We have to do something immediately. So it, it's natural to think we know what, they, what other people want or need before they're even finished asking. And we generally assume that what we have to say is what the other person is really interested in hearing. Listening skills are rarely taught and they are generally neglected. They take maturity and they take discipline. If you have children, you know how many times you have said, tell me what I just said to you. Did you hear what I said? So, you know, you've spent years learning how to read and write, years learning how to speak, but what about listening? So what training or education have you had that enables you to listen so that you really deeply understand another human being from that, that individual's own frame of reference? And, and the seven habits of highly effective people, Stephen Covey really talks about this, this idea of what training or education have you had that enables you to listen so you really deeply understand the other and really understand their own frame of reference. So we have to overcome this lack of training by focusing on the other person and forcing ourselves to try to understand his or her viewpoint before sharing our own. So the first skill about this one that I told you is you just take in a deep breath. The second one, repeat back what you heard them say. And if you have a hard time focusing on what they're saying because of what you're thinking, one of the things that helps is you just keep repeating in your head what you heard them say. It helps you stay focused on what they're saying instead of what you're thinking and waiting for them to take a breath so you can hurry and interject. So what mindset, what mindset do we need to avoid in order to really understand another person? Well, let me give you another Proverbs. This is um, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2. And it says, A fool has no delight in understanding, only in expressing his own heart. A fool has no delight in understanding, but only in expressing his own heart. So we all want to and we're taught to express ourselves. But when our desire for self-expression keeps us from trying to really understand the other person, we are being foolish and selfish. And isn't that sad that foolishness and selfishness always go hand in hand? They're, they're, they're best friends. So this is the opposite of the attitude that the Apostle Paul, the, the Apostle Paul encouraged. And this is in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. He says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. 
Now, when I read you this verse, this is not about self-deprecating behavior. This is not about putting myself in a one-down position. This is, this is truly being an adult. If I'm an adult, then I'm taking care of myself, and I am meeting my own needs, so I really can esteem others. I really can truly value them. And this is, this is not about me not uh, taking care of myself or martyring myself. This means that when I am truly taking care of myself, I really can put aside a lot of my own interests, maybe what I need in the moment, maybe what I want to talk about, and be really, truly interested in them. So I'm going to give you some tips for listening and, and improving listening. The first one is smile. Smile. Look at the person in the eye naturally. Now, this is not a stare down, right? But truly, look at them with a pleasant face, all right? And your eyes looking at them. doesn't have to look at their, their eyes 100% of the time. But don't be looking off out the window or glancing at a book next to you or or spacing out, or whatever that is, that you really want to say, if I'm going to truly listen, then I want to have a pleasant look on my face, and if they're not saying pleasant things, then I want to still control my facial expressions. I don't want to be rolling my eyes and, you know, making, making sounds and, and frustration and deep, heavy sighing. I want to be able to control my body so that no matter how uncomfortable it is that I'm needing to hear, I don't cr- complicate the interaction more because I can't control my facial expressions and my body language. <clears throat> then I want to ask a lot of questions. I want to show that I'm interested. And I want to clarify things that maybe I'm not sure of or simply just say it back to them. It's very validating to a person when they hear back what they've just said. Part of being an adult says that I can hear uncomfortable things. I'm not being abused. I'm not being beat up. I'm not being harmed. I may hurt. I may not like what I'm hearing. And I may want to rush to defense. But one of the best ways to heal it is to simply say back to them, this is what I heard you say. You're upset with me because you didn't like what I did here. You don't like how I handled this. You're upset because I forgot to do the very thing I committed to doing. See, when I'm an adult, I know that I'm a mistake-making person. And I don't have to take someone's upset or disappointment in me or whatever it is that happened as any indication of my own value and worth. It just means I'm human. So I repeat back what I heard, I ask more questions, and sometimes that fixes the problem in and of itself. The next one, look for common ground. Look for common ground, especially, let's say that they're upset with you because you uh, are 20 minutes late, or you said you were going to pick something up from the store and you forgot to do it. So 
you say to them, you're upset because I didn't pick that up from the store and I said that I would do that. Well, what's common ground? Common ground is, you know, I would be upset too. That would frustrate me as well. I, I can see that from your point of view. Very helpful when you are open and willing to hear a grievance. The same goes for a compliment. It's kind of like if I compliment somebody and they try to talk me out of it, it's, it's similar to me giving you a gift and you handing it back to me saying you don't deserve the gift. It's just as much a gift for me to give you the gift as it is for you to receive a gift. So when you're hearing compliments, you need to, as an adult, graciously thank them. Because remember, these things don't give us more value or less value. Our value is our value. It's kind of like if you have a diamond, if, it gets, if, if it's thrown in the mud, does it lose its value? No. If it's displayed beautifully in a really expensive store, does it increase its value? No. The value is the value. Nextly, let's, when, when we are trying to talk through things or, or listening, let's block out distractions. Turn off the television. Silence your phone. Find a nice place to sit so you, you can actually have it, a conversation. If you're driving, turn off the radio. And don't focus on rehearsing what you're going to say, say next. Remember, that, that's what we talked about when I said if you have a tendency to do that, what you may want to do is just, as you hear the person say it, repeat back in your head what they're saying. That will keep you focused on what they're saying. Instead of, while they're talking, you're halfway listening because you're creating what you're going to say next and waiting for the moment to jump in. So when the person expresses strong feelings, we really want to practice acknowledging them without being offended or angry ourselves. And if they're doing it in an inappropriate manner and it's offensive the way they're doing it, we still need to control that. We still need to manage being an adult and not going to that level and reoffending them. Because this just simply complicates things, right? So when we are really trying to understand that person, when we are being quick to hear and not speak, these things are extremely helpful. So you look at the person in the eye, you ask questions and show that you're interested, you clarify things, you look for common ground, you make sure you block out distractions, you don't rehearse what you're going to say while they're talking, and you really work on not being offended if they're saying something difficult, even if they're doing it in an inappropriate manner. You still have to do your side of the street and practice your own self-control so that it doesn't go even deeper into dysfunction. And if it's a compliment, don't steal it from that person by talking them out of it or disagreeing with it. Just simply thank them for it. So when we are slow to speak, how did David ask God to help him w with his communication? I, I loved reading this. And this is Psalms 
one, chapter 141, verse 3, out of the New Living Translation. And it says, Take control of what I say, O Lord, and keep my lips sealed. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I think I should put that on my, the mirror in my bathroom or something, like, you know, in my car. Take control of what I say, O Lord, and keep my lips sealed. Help me to stop talking so much, right? Without thinking. Psalms um, chapter 19, verse 14. This is from the New Living Translation. And this says, May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, my rock and my redeemer. And the most beautiful thing about the word redeemer, he can redeem mistakes, right? He can redeem the things we've done incorrectly. And one of the ways God can redeem those things we've done incorrectly is by the way we talk. So if I don't handle something right, I need to be humble enough to go to the person and say, I did not handle myself well, and I would like to ask for your forgiveness. Regardless of what it is that they did, I still need to take responsibility for what I did. So that I can say, God, while the words of my mouth were not healthy, were not edifying, were not appropriate, and the thoughts in my heart were ugly. And God, I want to be pleasing to you. You are my rock. Help me to stand back firmly on you, on your word, and please redeem what happened. Now, obviously, David didn't mean he wanted his, his lips permanently sewn shut, right? We can't keep our lips sealed all the time. But we want to be thoughtful. We want to practice self-control. I mean, how many of you have left a situation and said, oh, gosh, overshare, I overshared? Or, did I really talk that much about myself? Or maybe we walk away saying, I cannot believe I said that. That was, oh, I should not have said that. All of us have made these mistakes. All of us. This is why when we are more thoughtful and we prepare ourselves, say we're going out to dinner with a bunch of people, maybe I need to say this little prayer to, my, to, to God. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Help me be slow to, help me be slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to wrath. And remind ourselves of these things. Because we can't get through life without communicating. In fact, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19 clarifies that it is a multitude of words that generally causes the problem. That we should avoid being overly talkative, and, and I'm gregarious. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't come with energy, we don't participate, but we must be very careful to think before we speak and choose our words carefully. Whatever we say needs to be edifying and intended to reflect the nature of Christ to the glory of God. Now, I'm telling you these things the same way I'm telling them to myself. Because this is a constant, ongoing practice and discipline and redo 
and undo, right? This is, this is difficult. This is one of the most difficult things that we would endeavor to do, is to discipline our mouths, to take responsibility for what's in our hearts. So what should we choose to say? Well, let, let's look at some keys God gives us for, for good communication. And this is Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. And it says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Let your speech always be filled with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And I, and I really want to take this back to when we talked about the relationship killers. And I really talked at length about not caring about yourself, not taking care of you. See, when I'm practicing grace and mercy with myself, and that does not mean I'm letting myself off the hook. That doesn't mean I'm minimizing or watering down whatever mistakes or sin that, I'm, that God's really helping me with. But when I'm practicing Jesus toward me, I will be so much better at doing Jesus towards you. Because what's in me comes out. I can't, I can't produce something outside of me that's not inside of me. It falls flat. People know it's kind of fake. It's contrived. I like this one. I love this one, actually. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate. That's the stuff we want to think on. That's what helps us to have a pure heart. Because what we think, right, produces thoughts. Those thoughts produce feelings, and feelings oftentimes produce actions. So we want to be very careful what we are thinking on. And many times with clients, I'm saying to them, do you not know what you're thinking? Do you hear yourself? If your thoughts, I say this frequently, if your thoughts were water, would you drink them? We really want to keep our minds pure. And so one of the last ones, this is Romans chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So God wants us to choose our words wisely. Blessing and praiseworthy information should predominate our conversation. Matthew Henry's commentary on Colossians chapter 4 and 6, uh, verse 6 explains, Grace is the salt which seasons our discourse, makes it savory, and keeps it from corrupting. Grace is the salt which seasons our discourse, makes it savory, and keeps it from corrupting. So this, this is, um, we're at the end of the show again today. Wow, these go fast. Thank you for joining me. And we are going to talk tomorrow about what should be the tone of our talk. Because if we are going to talk, how are we going to make sure we do that well? So God bless you. Thank you again so much for joining me today. Make sure you check out the website. 
CynthiaHyatt.com. If you want a keynote speaker for any of your organizational needs, I love to tailor make them for you. Thank you for your comments and commenting on social media. Have a blessed day, and we'll talk tomorrow. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.